Welcome to the 2SER Book Club, where every week we open up a new book and help you discover something to read, no matter what your taste. Here's Andrew and Tess. Andrew, good morning. Hey, Tess. How's it going? Going really well. How are you? I'm good. It was nice to have a nice to have a week off. Um, yeah. Done a bit of reading, and I've got something for you. I'm excited. What do we got? Okay, so today I've brought in The Year of the Farmer by Rosalie Hamm. Okay. Um, if you if th- if that name sounds familiar, older people are probably going Rosalie Ham. Uh, this is her fourth novel, but she is the author of The Dressmaker. Ah, uh, so you said Rosalie Ham, and it did actually twig something in my brain, but I couldn't put my finger on it. Yeah, so it um that that book did fabulously, and then it was also made into the feature film that starred uh, Kate Winslet and one of the Hemsworths. Uh, <laughs> When they've got their shirt off, it's really hard to tell which one because you're not looking at their face. <laughs> the tall blonde one. <laughs> Are they, aren't they both? <laughs> I think they're all tall and blonde. They're all tall and blonde. Um, so this is The Year of the Farmer, and it's Rosalie Ham's latest novel. And in The Year of the Farmer, the reader is transported to rural New South Wales in the middle of a drought that's been running for five years. At Bishop's Corner, Mitchell Bishop is particularly suffering because it's also five years since Nerily McIntosh left town to explore what else the world had to offer. Since then, crops have failed as water allocations have shrunk, and Mitch married Mandy against the general wishes of the entire community. Ooh. So this is a community on the brink of war, as irrigators, the townies, and riparians all struggle to stretch the little water that they have, keep the health of the town, have showers, water crops, and just make sure the river actually is still healthy. When the Water Authority threatens more cuts and manoeuvres towards buybacks and expensive efficiency measures, the whole town might just be stretched to breaking point. And so, look, the first point I want to make here is you don't need battleships, a whale, or Jason Momoa with his shirt off to make (laughs) water interesting. Um, We've got a running theme today of people with their shirts off. Guys with their shirts off. (laughs) And abs. Abs. <laughs> it's as good a theme as any. Yeah, this is drought. This is serious, Des. This is true. You're, okay, serious face. But um, look, in harnessing, in harnessing the drama and the tension of ensuring adequate water in a drought-prone land, Rosalie Ham has added, I, I think, a must-read status to this character-driven book about community. Because here in New South Wales, we're in drought at the moment, and despite it having been very wet of late, that doesn't necessarily solve the problem of the dry. I mean... We we can, you know, moan about overflowing gutters and being poked in the eye by uh, by umbrellas, but if the water's not going where it's needed, there's still a difficulty. And look, water is a central point of tension in the book, simultaneously life-bringing for the dry land and destructive. So you have these situations where, like, ill-timed rain sees crops spring early, potentially ruined um, by too much water or just coming at the wrong time, while swelling rivers are going to wreak destruction on parched banks. Um, The weather report becomes this terrible oracle for the farmers, and it's fiercely observed no matter what other drama unfolds. It was... I wouldn't say I was completely ignorant to these these difficulties, but, I mean, I've... I'm I'm cosmopolitan. I live in in the city. Grew up in the suburbs. I don't understand these things in a in a you know gets right to the heart kind of way. And that was a great thing about the year of the farmer. It brought that it brought that home to me, and it in such a beautiful, tense, dramatic way. Uh, so that's kind of got that must read status. You go out and read it, and just understand a little bit about what farmers are experiencing when there's a drought. Um, now onto this onto this sort of dry battleground, we have stepping Mitch and his wife Mandy. 
Mandy is a pariah within the small community, and it's widely believed that she got her hooks, in scare quotes, into Mitch while he was grieving um, the loss of Nerily when she, when she left. Now married, Mitch is still the golden boy of the community, while Mandy is a barely tolerated presence. She's none too happy about this, and what she unfolds sees her emerge as, as I'm going to say, one of the best villains I've enjoyed in a long time. Oh, that's a big call. It's it's kind of amazing. I don't even want to tell you some of the stuff she gets up to, but uh, it's jaw-dropping, the things that, that just she does in the book, and it's like, uh, as, a mat- uh, as a matter of course. Things you couldn't imagine. Um, yeah, she's she's a great villain. Because <laughs> um, Mandy doesn't care if anyone likes her. She simply uh, she refuses to be abandoned again, as she was by her parents. And if Mitch no longer wants her, well, she's going to have her revenge and take half his farm with her. Fair enough. Mm. Righto. And this is, this is a really riveting part of the Year of the Farmer. In exploring these modern rural communities, Rosalie Ham engages intimately with the gender politics of a very old and traditional way of life. In Mandy, we see a character that can easily be described as evil in her callous disregard for any creature. And I'm just going to drop one in there. So, in in her various attempts to sabotage different people, particularly Mitch in the community, one day she just goes to his room. So, they live on the farmstead where he grew up, generations of his family grew up, and she clears out all his personal belongings, all his old toys, um, his, his photo albums, all of his memories... And she drives him down at the tip, and she dumps him in the tip. Oh, jeez. And she doesn't say anything. She just waits for him to notice that they're gone, which he doesn't for ages because he's busy actually trying to keep the farm going. Wow. Mm. And that's that's probably one of the more benign things. Oh, good. Jeez. That she does. Um, so, yeah, in Mandy, we see, we see this character easily described as evil, and yet in her past we see the, res- the seeds of this resentment um, form and and the need to grow from the, the the treatment that she receives at the hands of the community. It's impossible to avoid the conclusion that the way she is treated as a result of her gender um, is a result of her gender, and that like a young man would not have been left to the fate of basically she needs to make a good match to survive. Mm. A young woman who who essentially has no family in that town. Was, was not going to be able to survive in the way that a young man coming from a farming, um, a farming family would. The tension, uh, this tension is also reflected in the story of Mitch's sister, Isabel. While Mitch received the farm and he cares for his ailing, farmer, for ailing father on the farm, Isabel married well and is secure in a way that Mitch is yet to achieve with her husband and their farms doing better. But she worries now for her daughter because she knows her son will inherit their farm um, and throughout the book, Isabel strives to create a legacy that she can pass on to her daughter, because otherwise her daughter is left with nothing. She has to marry well to continue on in life. Um, and in observing to her husband that changes in technology and land management have really leveled the playing field in for farmers, Isabel is actually exposing this hypocrisy of the imbalance of gendered life and work on the land, or really anywhere. Let's face it. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's uh, just stuck to farms, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, so all this plays out against the backdrop of this blossoming civil war. As the community fights the water authority for the survival of the land, Mandy connives to undermine everybody's efforts. <laughs> uh, there are these renovations at the local pub teasing the question of who has bought the business. 
there's so much I'm going to leave unsaid about this novel, and I want people to think about that because that, that then drops another bombshell in the middle of the community. There's action and subterfuge amidst a brilliant ensemble of characters populating a space that kind of feels like a stage. The small community, even though it spreads across vast tracts of land, still always feels very intimate and playing out like on a stage. Um, and the drama that plays out has real heart. I have to admit a few times I paused in disbelief at what was happening like the scene <laughs> with Mandy. Much like the weather, the town must live in anticipation of. The year of the farmer defies expectation and it challenges the reader to move with its ebbing and flowing. So this is the fourth novel from the author of The Dressmaker. It's every bit as darkly comic, sharply observed in its portrayals of human nature. So that's, that's Rosalie Ham's The Year of the Farmer. I am hooked. I really want to read this now. It really is. I was so surprised. I, I, I love Australian writing. That's that's not a surprise. But I've got to admit, I haven't read a contemporary novel about life on the land um, recently, and this got me in the strangest way. It just, I'm I'm really compelled. And and as I said before, just for the intimate look at water management and the shenanigans and oh, the, the corruption and the subterfuge around managing this vital natural resource is reason enough to read this novel. Well, uh, it sounds like a plan. Andrew, thanks so much for uh, swinging by. You've been listening to the 2SER Book Club. We record on Gadigal land of the Eora Nation at 2SER's Broadway Studios in Sydney, Australia. The show is produced and presented by Tess Connery and Andrew Popel. And a big shout-out to Michaela Savage for graphic design and artwork. If you're enjoying the book club, why not subscribe and get new episodes delivered straight to your phone every week? If you want more books, you can tune in to Final Draft or subscribe to Final Draft Great Conversations Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. To keep up with everything happening at the station and discover more stories, ideas, and music, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just look for at 2SER.